In light of recent events, we here at Oscar Central have included in the description informational and donation links supporting abortion funding in America. If you can, check out these links, donate, and always fight for women's rights everywhere. Hope you enjoy the show, and we will mention this again later. Thank you. Welcome to another episode of the Oscar Central podcast. I am joined today. Kenzie's back from her dramatic exit last week. How are you, Kenzie? I wish I knew what the dramatic exit was for. (laughs) I was just celebrating Father's Day as it was my husband's first Father's Day. But I'm back. Mr. Kenzie Venunu. Mr. Kenzie Venunu. I love that. Um, We also have Nicole. How are you? I'm good. I'm tired, but I'm here. Yeah. Had a busy weekend? L- little bit. I was in New York this, most of this whole past week. Um, and it's nice to be back. And I got to see Elvis in Dolby at my favorite New York movie theater, the AMC Lincoln Center. So thrilling. That's exciting. Good thing you came on for today. That's uh, yeah. kind of the topic. Um, sad that Lex <laughs> couldn't make it. Uh, she I know. was stuck in traffic right now. Yeah, Lex and I do have very similar thoughts on Elvis, though, so okay. she she will be represented here. <laughs> Perfect. And we also have Jillian. Hi, how are you? Are you feeling Hi. better this week? Yes, feeling a lot better. Back at 100%. Um, I'm doing good. It was a good week. And yeah. And have a lot of thoughts on Elvis. I oh, see. yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, to start it off, we can start with a kind of weekend review. Um, did anyone, I guess, other than Elvis, see anything this week that might have Oscar potential? Or today's the last day for Emmy voting. So if anyone saw something that might have Emmy potential, um, I'll start with Jillian. What all did you see and do this week? Um, I feel like I haven't watched anything that's like, and it would be considered like critically acclaimed or in any type of conversation. Um, I was watching The Boys earlier, uh, which is like, I feel like there's so many shows where the acting is so great and everything about it is great and people are talking about it, but it never is able to slip into like mm-hmm. the main conversation. I definitely feel like that show is a part of that group very intense have to like watch it in sections um other than that like real housewives ultimate girl trip came out season two if anyone watches real housewives so that was exciting um i think i'm just catching up on like new series that came out because i feel like everything's been dropping these last two weeks and it's too much content um but nothing new on my end uh, Kenzie, I'll, I'll go from one Real Housewife to another. Um, I also have been watching Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, and it deserves, like, seven Oscars. Like, I, I don't know who is responsible for putting these girls together, but, like, thank you. Um, no pun intended, but bravo. Um... I did see Marcel the shell with shoes on and I absolutely have not laughed that hard in a movie in maybe like seven years. I thought it was the funniest movie I've ever seen. And then it like ripped my heart out and then I cried a lot. 
but it would not obviously be an Oscar contender because it's A24 and the release date. Mm-hmm. But it would be really cool if it could sneak in for like adapted screenplay or um, Isabella Rossellini play, has does a performance. She'd be like a supporting performance, but her voice acting is just incredible. And I could cry thinking about it right now. But so if Marcel the Shell with Shoes On is playing in your city, please go see it. I brave Jillian's favorite theater, which is my least favorite theater, to see it. And I, if anyone lives in LA, I am talking about the Grove. And the lights were on the entire time. I don't understand what they were doing. This is the second time it's happened to me. And I complained. And they were like, I don't know how to turn them off. And but yeah it was still fun it was a nice nice movie yeah well as someone who works in a theater they definitely do know how to turn them off they're usually right (laughs) next to the projector um (laughs) and most of them come in a box where you can do three different settings so um the grove get on that Uh, (laughs) nicole what about you yeah so i didn't see any other movies this week because I was a little busy. I did see five Broadway shows, um, including three recent Tony winners. Um, I Rank saw... them quite. Oh, oh God. Okay. <laughs> um, my favorite, this, this ranking is going to be really controversial, so I'm sorry right now. And I do want to say I liked all of them. Um, my number one would be Funny Girl. I love Funny Girl. The Tony wow. way snubbed Funny Girl. I'm wearing the Beanie Feldstein Funny Girl shirt right now. I thought she was fucking revelation um she was astonishing i did not think i liked that musical and now i feel differently um my next favorite would be six which was super fun so great i'm so excited for that to go on tour um because it was amazing and i'm so glad that they won score then i would say beetlejuice which was my third time seeing it but it is now in a different theater because hugh jackson's the music man kicked them out of the theater that they were in i have big thoughts on that uh, that I won't get into today. And then Paradise Square, which I didn't really expect much of, and it really surprised me. Um, unfortunately, uh, I had mostly understudies, which means that I did not see the Best Actress Tony Award winner, but the understudies were all absolutely phenomenal, and the show itself I really enjoyed. It's a very dance-heavy show with a lot of like Irish dance-style stuff, so I really liked that. And then I saw the Tony Award winner for Best Musical, A Strange Loop, and it was my least favorite. Um, I really admire what it's doing and like its representation and stuff, but I it just really didn't work for me personally. Um, but yeah, I also, on a TV front, have been watching Stranger Things, and I went to the Stranger Things experience in Brooklyn, which was super fun. Um, highly recommend it if you're in New York or I think it's in San Fran, London as well. It's basically like a glorified escape room and then a like area where you can buy merch and buy food and they have a ton of photo ops. And it was super fun, even for someone who's like literally on season one of Stranger Things. So it was a very good time. Um, and that's my, I'm, I'm, I haven't even gotten to season four, but I'm already on my like Sadie Sank for an Emmy campaign. <laughs> well, that's exciting. Um, do you want to tell the audience about a certain run-in that Lex had? Oh, Yeah. Um, so Lex and I, we were there together and we saw almost all the shows together, but she went and saw American Buffalo while I was seeing Paradise Square, um, with Dan Bear. Dan Bear also saw several of these shows with us. 
Um, and American Buffalo, first of all, so she saw Sam Rockwell and Lawrence Fishburne and Darren Chris and the show. But then afterwards, um, she had run back to our hotel, which was across the street from the theater, had to drop off her, some stuff and then was going back out somewhere. And she ran into Darren Chris, um, who was there with Cordover Street, who had been in to see the show, obviously, because getting Darren knew each other from Glee. Um, and while they were like in stopping at a crosswalk, um, Darren Chris stepped on her foot. <laughs> and apologized profusely to her for it um and she was like all i thought to say in the moment was like no it's fine don't worry (laughs) (laughs) but she she did get her foot stepped on by darren chris i have the best tie-in to actually what we're talking about so for years i convinced my friend that austin butler and cordover street were the same person wait okay so funny because lexi texted me when she was like sitting down in the theater and she was like there is a guy here and i cannot tell because he has his mask on if it's Austin Butler or Cordover. Okay, like, not to call him Trouty Mouth, but, like, they have very similar mouths on top of, like, their, like, eyes looking yep. similar. And the hair. like The hair, yeah. everything. But my friend actually went somewhere where they were at the same place. It was, like, the People's Choice Awards or something. Oh and she, they, she said, like, when they're next to each other, they do not look the same, like, at all. I can see that. Yeah. 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 Like they look similar, but when they're together, they're absolutely not similar. And I was like, okay, but that was how she found out that they are not the same person. That's is- incredible. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Really I funny. love that. But for years, it went on for years. She was my roommate in college and we were obsessed <laughs> with Glee, like unironically, like we actually liked Glee. And Wait, I love um, that. and we would watch it every Thursday and um because we had cable but like remember but I literally was like can you believe that Cordover Street is gonna be Elvis and she's like wait I read it was someone else (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about (laughs) it was like as an actor since Glee gets the Elvis role can you imagine I'm like Cordover Street is in Dune 2 she's like what (laughs) okay but did she think that Cordover Street was dating Vanessa Hudgens (laughs) Okay, so she was really confused about that for so long. And like, wow, we saw them at Coachella and I was like, wow, he looks so good. And she was like, I just don't get the trouty mouth thing. It's not that like big of a mouth. And I was like, weird. But it's because it was fucking Austin Butler, not Cordover Street. Wow. That's incredible. They were with like, Bella Hadid and Gigi Hadid like before them being really famous and I was just like that's Yolanda Hadid's kids that's how (laughs) not famous they were oh my god I love that yeah but (laughs) I love I I still am a gleek I'm so glad it's on Hulu again oh same that's what I've been Mm -hmm. watching yeah I've never seen it oh my god started from the beginning oh my god I'll send you um what's his name I feel like his name's Matt I don't remember. I feel bad. Oh my God. He does these insane recaps. Like he did Pretty Little Liars. He had like a full board Mm -hmm. and I didn't watch Pretty Little Liars. So I missed all that, but his Glee recaps, it's like two hours, but it's- I've seen like a lot of clips of like the actual musical scenes in Glee. Like I've watched full numbers that they did. I just have never I actually mean, watched. Listen, the show. I will defend. I don't know why we're talking about Glee, but like <laughs> I guess it kind of ties in all of this. But yeah. like I would. Can you imagine if Bosler been made Glee? Oh my god! <laughs> it. I mean, there are some Glee songs that are better than the original. Yeah, yeah. like 
Like, if we're talking about Darren Chris, his oh teenage dream. Yes. So good. That's the one I've seen many times. <laughs> okay, well, that one is good. The Warblers are not like classically, though. Like, if we're talking like classically, like, I mean, obviously, Gwyneth Paltrow's Forget You, not oh, Fuck so You, good. because it was so good. Fox <laughs> television, but like, oh classic, God. classic. Uh, you know, like, We Found Love is one of my favorites because. Artie is in a wheelchair and they push him into the water. And into the pool. He's fine. He's I see fine. that on TikTok all the time. Did you watch the Glee project? I only watched a little bit of it, but it's the so guy, Kevin McHale that plays Artie is from my town. Oh my and he would like come back and like try to get people from like our dance studio to go on the Glee project. And like yeah, he would like Chris recruit Wolfer went to my school. That is so funny. Our Glee connection. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I love Glee. Highly recommend. Like ten out of ten. No notes. No well, notes. Can can say Darren Chris, kind man. If he steps on your foot, he will feel terrible. <laughs> I love that because I've always like been scared of like who's friends with Liam Michelle. Yep. You know? Like. Yep. Like. Yep. To tie in the funny I... girl, also. I do wonder though if like the, also the, what do you think of, of her funny girl covers because she has so many she I... got she she duped Ryan Murphy so hard that she got bonus tracks that were like unreleased of funny girl covers my thing is um and like funny girl requires someone who is an expert comedian to play the role of Fanny like if you can't make it funny the whole show falls apart and i don't think leah michelle is intentionally that funny i think like she is like unintentionally funny and it's hilarious like there like i'm sure you've seen the um lady gaga cover that she does in the bathroom Mm -hmm. and that scene she's playing it so serious and it is one of the funniest scenes i've ever seen in my life of any show that's the thing i don't know that she could do like intentional comedy like yeah what if what if it was like leah michelle as rachel berry in like funny girl that would be i just i don't think she's a good fit for the role like that is so funny because I feel like like you know in Glee it's like a storyline that's all she yeah yeah and then it's like I feel like it's her real life too and it's just like it like you know when they joke about like real life parallels and stuff with famous people I don't think it's ever been better than truly her I mean is that a character is that her and then she leaves to go to that tv show that's my favorite thing of all time is that everyone's like killing Eve had the worst series finale ever. I'm like, you're telling me Rachel Berry is on Broadway and then it's like, fuck you, Broadway. I'm going to go do some CBS TV show. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, what a loser. Ryan Murphy is no, Ryan Murphy is just like, Ryan Murphy is what some people think Baz Luhrmann is and that is so offensive to me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There it is. No, that's yeah. spot on. That's my tie-in to move on to Elvis. No, we have other stuff to <laughs> no, talk about. Uh, first to move on, before we get to Elvis, <laughs> um, the Barbie set picks, <laughs> which have been taking Twitter, the world, uh, my phone, lock screen, yeah. if I can get it on there. Yep. Um, shout yep. out, Kinsey. Both same. 
the date. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That was, that was the exact one I had until Kinsey sent me like a full, like she sent me an actual wallpaper because Kinsey's like top Collage. three graphic designer I've ever met. Um, yes. For my iPhone. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. So what's everyone's thoughts on that? If you saw the clip, if you haven't, um, I mean, start with, Jacob, yeah, start with Nicole. you know what I've been responding yep. with every time yep. a photo of Marco sent to me. Um, we'll say it now. Me. I should probably say it publicly. <laughs> say it now or forever hold your every, peace. Every time someone sends me one of those photos of Margot with Barbie, I just respond mommy in all caps. Yep. Um, all caps. All caps. I just, <laughs> like, her hair is so perfect. It is like, okay, this sounds Look, really I knew awful, she was going to be perfect, but... I wasn't it's ready. just really overwhelming and mm-hmm. also the like hats? the cowboy hat the cowboy hat is do i need is, to like, buy a cowboy hat like yeah of course <laughs> i'm also like who like what original music are we getting because like casey musgraves dressed as barbie for the met once and i'm like her song Please. is clearly great in elvis i'm like let, let's just lock it down now like let's just we're getting lock it down now yeah and then ryan gosling we were talking about this off air but i don't get the attractionness but i am here for him as ken i am yep. I, i'm gonna I see it I people see it. are so rude and they're like his hair is brown i'm like okay well they weren't always brown they adapted because no one is attracted to blonde men except austin oh. butler but <laughs> like except, okay but austin butler is also more attractive as a brunette so that's the thing that's the thing <laughs> but I feel like Ryan Gosling has that thing about his appearance that I'm like Ken wasn't ever attractive like as someone who like brat stalls like the the brats guys were always more attractive than like Ken and whatever his friend's name was he had like a friend with dark hair I don't remember but like I feel like he fits Ken and I feel like it's like this camp kind of commentary on men and their attractiveness that's why his hair is bleach blonde and his costume is so cute i love it there's this 70s western barbie set and that's what i think they're based off of my mom is a freak and has um barbies that are like collector's items in the boxes still and i'm like do you have this one like oh my god please find out um but i just think it's great i I, that, I watched that clip, but I'm kind of done with anything that's a clip because I'm like, I want to see the movie. Yeah. And be, that's how I find out about stuff. But it's really like this weird, like, I don't want to see, but I want to see because it's just so good. And her I'm pants, in the same place, Kenzie. I haven't pants, watched it. Her pants are so good. Her pants are so good. And then also we have to just shout out Greta Gerwig with her pink headphones yep. and her pink jumpsuit. Oh I like, need the pink jumpsuit like now. Like, it. tell me where it's from, Greta. I, I She's also, like, I'm going as meta as everyone else is. Because, she, like, one of my favorite really photos does. is like the crew on Lady Bird wearing prom dresses when they were filming the prom scene. So I'm like, yep. her wearing all and, pink is just amazing. okay. When she was doing Little Women, she would wear those like long, like coats that looked like the ones okay the so i've always been like was she doing that to like be like in the movie or was she doing that to hide her pregnancy yeah i, think it was I honestly think now seeing her wearing the pink jumpsuit on Barbie, i'm like it. no 
she's she's, she's like, like I'm a, I'm a cosplay my movie. <laughs> I love that. I love. I need that. Noah to I, show up and wear the Ken stuff. Okay, I really want Noah to show up on set. Like, I know there's no reason for him to. Like, I mean, really, there is truly. a reason. Well, like, <laughs> how many? like co-writers just like show i don't know but i'm like bring I, he could show up with their baby yeah, yeah bring the baby mm-hmm. daisy and i will come it's fine yeah. i don't know the Marvin likes baby yeah there we go so bring there the baby i just am saying i need to know what fashion line is going to release a barbie collection to go with mm-hmm. the movie because i feel like it's gonna happen and i need to know who it is I would love it if it was Rodarte. It wouldn't really make that much Probably. sense. But, like, I would love it so much. Right. Because I feel like that would, like, match Greta's personal aesthetic, which would be, like, yep. a better take on it. Because oh my God, Greta's wait. been really, like, it's not what you think it is. And I'm like, yep. so that's where I would go. I want it to be one of those, like, you know how H&M will have the collections that are, like, with designers? <laughs> Do that. Yeah. yeah do that for it do like a, a high-end i also and then, like, I'm just like i'm ready for the barbie like yes. the meta margot barbie like wait literally know. though i will buy it <laughs> yeah of course i'm gonna buy it i'm gonna buy it and like if the rumors are true of like who like the supporting cast is playing i'm gonna buy every version yep yep like sorry to spend all my money on barbies like but i hey, know there's worse things yeah <laughs> By Barbies, not drugs, kids. <laughs> um, uh, in other news, for the first time since 2018, four movies um, have simultaneously passed $20 million at the box office uh, in one weekend. Um, led by Elvis, uh, Top Gun, Jurassic World, and even the Black Phone all passed Okay, Any I have thoughts? a question about this because everyone was saying it was so shocking about the black phone, but the black phone has way more advertising in LA than any movie I've seen advertised in the last like yeah. six months. You cannot drive without seeing that terrifying Ethan Hawke mask. Fascinating. <laughs> Which like I love, but like also it's like I don't know how it's not scaring the shit out of people. That's why but, I thought it came out already. Because Yeah, it's been like that it. for weeks. <laughs> just there like I don't get it and then I also like horror always overperforms like I'm very mm-hmm. confused especially in the like, summer this, yeah it always yeah. does because people are like desperate for it and I I just feel like it's weird to be like it's so surprising like it I always thought it was gonna do well and yeah. I know maybe people were like well Jurassic World and Lightyear and stuff but like the Black Phone always had an audience whereas like we were always curious as to like who Lightyear was for because it was And we're still curious. Yeah, we still have no idea. We still have no idea. (laughs) They're like, let's cast Chris Evans, but not show his face. So you lose like half the audience that goes to see him. Like, cause his voice is not what we're there for. But- Like, I'm so sorry, y'all. Like Tom Hiddleston, you could probably cast Justin give us his voice. And we'd still, like, Um, I I did watch the freaking Tinkerbell movie he did. But the Tinkerbell movie? Um, he sings in it. What? He plays like a young Captain Hook in a Tinkerbell Okay, movie. so my friend and I have this whole chat about this, but okay. I didn't realize Tom Hiddleston was hot for the longest time. Like, it took <laughs> me a really long time to realize he was hot. 
But Chris Evans has only ever been hot once to me. And then I realized he isn't even hot where I thought he was. Yeah. I always thought he was hot and not another teen movie. But now that I'm mm-hmm. older and have rewatched on another teen movie, I think his eyebrows are so ugly that <laughs> he just is not attractive. But he's very like generic looking to me. Like, obviously he's not generic. Like if you saw him, you'd probably <laughs> be like, wow, he's hot. But like, he is just very boring. Like to me, he is not my type. And I just don't get it. Like his whole, like, let's see both sides argument. I was like, of course he's (laughs) like this. Like, I don't, I just don't get it. I don't know. No, I a hundred percent agree. I thought he was a really attractive in Avengers age of Ultron. And then I was just really into him. And then if I watch him in anything outside of that, I find him very repulsive. And then I realized that they do. I mean, I liked him nice out, but then I realized Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure I don't, I remember reading this. I'm pretty sure they do CGI to make him more attractive in these movies because I did side by sides of how he looks in real life and how he, and his like nose and like his profile is like different. And I'm standing by that that is a thing because when I see him like doing, there's like moments in interviews where I'm like, okay, like I get it. But then I see him just like being a human being or like go back into his like filmography or like who he was like free, like, Avengers and I'm like I can't get there's so much I can't get past that it's like watering down how attractive I, I think he is I have a very weird thing when he's clean shaven I'm like eh. when he's when got the beard anyone like, is clean shaven I'm like eh. like, like Tom Hiddleston is one of the only men I can find attractive clean shaven yeah but like and even him like if, if the scruff is there it's better but yeah. no when Chris Evans has that beard like peak Chris Evans attractiveness to me is him and gifted but that's also like Chris Evans being good with a child so mm-hmm. he's he's ticking a lot but, of my boxes. okay so just so we're all on the same page um yeah you know that viral bit of him being like on a red carpet I don't know what he said he was like what do you the think about thing yeah yeah okay that was the most try hard thing I've ever seen in my life like when I was watching it I was like this is how people feel about Austin Butler's voice <laughs> But that's how I feel about this moment. I was like, this I hate is that not... it worked for me. I, I it just felt it really me. like inauthentic. It was a good video. No, yeah, I don't know. What it is though is he got so media trained into yeah. not having his accent. Yeah. That whenever his actual accent slips through, I'm always like, what? I think that's it's way too media trained where it like that's what I don't like it's It's so much I hate watching his interviews it just seems so over performative although whenever like he like loses the media training a little bit because the Boston accent comes back yeah I just I I don't get it if someone could explain it to me to where I would get it I wish I didn't get it but I do (laughs) I don't know he's just like very like I mean I'm saying this but it doesn't make sense, but he's so American. I just cannot like deal with it. Like, he, of course, he's in Lightyear, where it's not based on the toy. It's based on like an American hero. Like, of course, it's Chris Evans. Like, they were like America, Chris Evans. Like, literally, <laughs> Captain America. Like, of course, of I don't know. I haven't seen Captain America. I will I say he about. is one of the few male celebrities, though, to his credit, that I've seen make an actually decent statement over the past couple of days about what's been going on. Um, well, and talk about like, I personally where feel to like he he so, saw you know. the tweets. He saw the tweets. 
where at first he said like something dumb and vague. oh yeah <laughs> and then that, then he he was like this is a great did you trip. see that dylan o'brien tweet where someone posted yeah. it and they're like did he go to the chris evans school of activism yep <laughs> that is amazing and then just like to clarify while we're recording we're gonna put a bunch of links in our show notes and they're all throughout most of our social medias i feel like all of them but of links for local abortion funds and attorneys that are representing people pro bono fighting laws where like it's already going into effect. So please, if you can donate to these links and other local abortion funds and attorneys and clinics, because that will actually help versus donating to people like Planned Parenthood who are seeing an influx of donations and do not donate to politicians. Mm -hmm. Just don't do it. Just please don't do it. They don't care. They're not doing anything. So donate locally to actually help people get abortions. The only addendum I would put on the don't donate politicians is um, it's a very important time to ensure that if there is a Democratic governor in a uh, largely Republican state, that they stay in power. Um, because I know that yep, Governor Cooper is the only thing standing in between North Carolina passing laws against abortions and uh, being able to have them here. So there are states where the governor race is going to matter a lot because of their veto powers. Um, so, but like Congress has already failed us um, and it is up to the states. So those are the one place that I would say it is worthwhile right now. Um, yes. Well, Jacob's like different. escapism, escapism, Boz Lerman. <laughs> different um to kind of finish the whole uh money thing when it comes to box office uh lightyear actually was the big film that didn't make 20 million it made just under 18 million um what is lightyear rated pg yeah yeah wait so when i saw marcel the shell they played a trailer and they literally came out and said that they put the wrong rating on it they played the DC Super Pets trailer and it said it was PG-13. And I was like, that's weird. And then they came out and they were like, it's PG. And I was like, what? <laughs> but I just feel like there's no audience for Lightyear. I just absolutely don't get it. And I personally haven't seen it, but I don't think it's getting an animated feature. Uh, I would agree with that. I think it could get nominated, but it's certainly not winning. Yeah. I just feel like we're going to forget about it. You know, I think, yeah, forgotten. I think Disney's <laughs> got, it's like, uh, what movie? <laughs> Disney's like, got Strange World coming out, in. which I think will yeah. overtake it. Yeah. If it gets a spot, it's just because it's Disney. It. If it yeah. gets a spot, it no, will be taking something from someone who Pixar. deserves it, which would likely be turning red. Yep. And then I'll fight um, <laughs> so talking about, I have one last piece of news, uh, talking about movies with a specific audience. Uh, I just saw that adding to the cast of Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Rita Moreno, and Sally Field is going to be Guy Fieri and Billy Porter for the 80 for Brady, Tom Brady movie. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Nope. Now I have to see it. Yep. I love Guy Fieri. <laughs> 
So I, 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 I like just saw this and I was like, okay, we, wait, is this live action? Like, is this, yeah, like- it's so it's, it follows four close friends. The four friends are, um, the four friends are Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Rita Moreno and Sally Field. And they are trying to go to, they're trying to take a road trip to the 2017 Super Bowl to watch Tom Brady and Tom Brady's like, um, producing it and everything. It's when he first retired, this is like the first bit of news that came out after he retired was that he was doing this. I, I don't like Tom Brady. <laughs> I don't either. I just think this is such an insane concept and cast and adding Guy Fieri is like... The way that I just went from uninterested to like... Yeah, I Guy Fieri... Guy Fieri... <laughs> You say his name, I'm there. I, I love Guy Fieri. <laughs> I um, love him. But acting? I hope he is actually playing himself. <laughs> he is. He is. Oh, okay. Then it'll be yeah. great. It'll be great. But is is Tom Brady in it? Uh, I think he was going to be at some point. Maybe he's like a he cameo. started playing football again. So. But if he literally does a cameo, like the yeah. cameo, like he charges them. <laughs> He charges them for something he's producing. It's just a tax write-off. That's probably it. Um, but yeah, so moving on from that, uh, we are going to go on to Elvis, which just released this weekend. Um, I've, everyone here has seen it. Uh, Julia's like regretfully. <laughs> it has made so far 30 million domestic uh, and 20 million international which I feel like the international date will probably go like way up um, over time. Will it? I think so. I think that he, I is, just, he is do such people a big get Elvis? Yeah. Like, yeah. I yeah. think Elvis is one of those things that really permeated like the worldwide culture in a lot of places. Didn't you see the movie when they wanted to pay him a million dollars? Like it would be like, Kenzie, it would be sort of like, I think being like, will uh, something about the Beatles do well outside of England? I just, I don't know. I feel like my husband's family doesn't really know about Elvis and they're like immigrants. So I was just curious if like he... I think there are certain places. I feel like it's like like um like I was like oh once once I'm in Hollywood who is gonna understand that outside of the United States yeah but especially that it would like they changed all the history like who knows who Sharon Tate is but like yeah I think when you think of like movies that perform well overseas that center around like Hollywood or like stardom yeah and like especially Elvis like if you put a Marilyn Monroe movie out I think that would do well too um but I think like you have to have like a super iconic figure like them <laughs> I saw that Nicole <laughs> Like, well, like if you think someone like Will Smith or Tom Cruise, like, or Jackie Chan put out a movie, I feel like it's like the same as that. Like, there's just this yeah. kind of wide appeal, even though like so much time has passed since obviously he's dead and yeah, he's not putting out concerts. Like, and like I was reading how many people go to Graceland every year, and I was blown away. I am so confused. Like, <laughs> I there are get- also a a some countries um including brazil and japan that where it hasn't released yet Mm -hmm. so that also will make that 
number go up. I feel like Elvis is like the sell for like the American dream. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. Plus, and like, I guess to get started on the um, on the thoughts on the movie, it is very much a like pro Elvis <laughs> movie to the point where it's like, I feel like people overseas will enjoy it a lot just like how we're enjoying it here of basically just watching Elvis through his life again um and so being that kind of where it doesn't go too deep into his mishaps or anything like that it's kind of framed more around Colonel Tom Parker uh I could definitely see people watching it just as like a you know like parents taking their kids and being like oh you know this is what I grew up watching and this is you know what people are watching now. I will say I, I saw more like uh, grown-ups, like old people, um, adults, and like babies going to Elvis than I have seen for like light year. I went to a brunch screening, which like I only went to because Alamo decided to only play it like three times yesterday, which was so weird. But it was literally all like 25 to 30 year olds, like the entire thing. And then this old, old lady sat next to me, like she had a walker and she's by herself. And she asked me what to order. And then she ordered three shots of vodka. (laughs) Like that was it. That was all she ordered. But I spent- Did she have a good time? Oh yeah, and she was like singing during. You heard that movie was two and a half hours, and she said, (laughs) "She ordered all the shots at the same time, and she would just randomly like take them. Like she didn't take them back to back. Like it was like she didn't want to wait. Like she waited until she needed one. But I will say, very pro this lady because the first scene with um, Elvis and Priscilla, she took a shot. So I was like, she's uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh my God. And I was we like, I'm very into this lady. She also asked me like at the bottom of the receipt, it tells you how much to tip. And she was like, what does 25% say? And I was like, who are you? Like, Ma'am? I was like, I love you. Like, where are we going now? But <laughs> okay. I was very scared. I, cause I'm a, I love, love, love Gatsby. Like I'm a huge Gatsby defender. Same. And then I kind of got scared because people I know that are fellow Gatsby defenders were like, I don't like this movie. And I was like, oh no. And the runtime, I'm a very like make movies five hours long. I don't care kind of person. Mm-hmm. But the the thought of like a bass movie at three hours, just being like full steam ahead the whole movie. I was like really nervous. And I will say it did feel very long. Like I ran to the bathroom. Like, I won't lie to you. The second it said directed by Baz Luhrmann, I got up. I heard Elvis talking. I think it was Elvis. I don't know if it was Austin. I ran out. I was like, I have to pee. I cannot sit here. You didn't hear but, the Eminem song? It's like the second end credit song. A second end credit Yeah. Song. Okay. Yeah, I didn't hear it then. And I have not listened to the soundtrack. But... I really liked it. I felt like it felt like two movies though, but I did enjoy both parts, but it felt very much like two different movies. Mm -hmm. Like the first half was really interesting, but 
I just feel like he was so close to diving into the controversy of Elvis stealing absolutely everything from the Black community, but it didn't go far enough. But I assume he didn't go that far into it because he wanted the family's approval. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was really interesting that he did tackle it at all because I feel like maybe another filmmaker would have either just completely skipped it or made like one comment and moved on. But he definitely didn't go far enough into it for me, but I am just pleased he addressed it at all, even if it was like not the best way to address it. And I'm not sure who the actor is that plays Little Richard, but oh my God, it was so good. But the second half of the movie is so dark. And as a Britney fan, it was really interesting to watch it because it is obviously very relevant to everything she's gone through. And it was really cool to see it in a way that I'm not familiar with Elvis, but just to see this like horrible way he was taken advantage of by the people he cared about. Um, And whether or not you think he cared about the Colonel is absolutely, because I think he did. He like really, he depended on him and he trusted his opinion. And I think that scene with, Um, Tom Hanks and Austin Butler in the closet after his mom dies is like I just thought it was really well done and I think that's one of Austin and I honestly think Tom Hanks is good in that scene he is so bad in the Mm -hmm. whole movie but that scene I felt like he was really good but I just think like he he really did trust this man and it's so sad that like it took Elvis dying for his family to like see this guy was stealing from him and ruining his career honestly and I just always assumed Elvis got fat and then like lost his way kind of because of that like the public kind of turned on him because he was physically something people just looked at and he was so sexualized that maybe like people flipped on him because his image wasn't what they wanted and I just thought he got stuck in Vegas because of that I did not know that he got stuck in Vegas because of someone making career decisions behind his back and so I was I think it's really interesting if you don't know that much about his career whereas I know so much about his personal life that was not touched on and I thought it was really weird and I also felt like the movie jumped all over the place like I would have really appreciated some like years stamps because Mm -hmm. I I had no idea what year it was. And I feel like the movie just assumed you knew a lot about his career because he went from like not being famous to being very famous. And that felt very weird. But the age makeup on Austin Butler is so good that it kind of took away from me how bad Tom Hanks makeup was. Um, Very like Jared Leto-esque makeup. But Austin Butler's makeup was great. Like, I thought it was so good. And I'm very here for Austin Butler. Like, I don't want to say anything really graphic, but Jesus. <laughs> I mean, even even in also, that, like... Also, this movie being PG-13, but being the horniest movie I've seen in, like, 10 years is fucking outstanding. Like, outstanding. Yeah. Like, Wait, did, I... you, did you watch The Eyes of Tammy Faye, though? <laughs> Wait, that's that's very funny. Oh God, that fucking scene in the recording studio. Oh my God. (laughs) Um, No, I agree with the uh, with the makeup though, and I even think like the ending makeup 
of like it's Austin really Butler. good it was really good and so much better than like tom hanks throughout the entire movie i thought i didn't look it up but i assume they have two different prosthetics makeup for mm-hmm. each of them mm-hmm. i didn't look yeah. it up but i assume they did because it was very different and obviously just, the way he's filmed in the last scene which is so beautiful the way it's cut and then it yep. cuts to the real elvis oh so, yeah i I'm not a fan of like Elvis as a person, but like that was really like emotional and like really well done. And I felt like there were problems with the script, but that final part, the way that he's talking about Elvis is really, really emotional. Like, even if you don't like Elvis, I felt like it really worked. And I feel like that ending and the last things you see are not Austin Butler, but are Elvis. I just feel like it really made like an impact as like, a movie that kind of like lost its way throughout the movie which is like honestly the runtime's fault not like the movie itself but I felt like it all came together at the end and it really worked even as someone who like truly just knows bad things about Elvis and that's all I really know about so yeah no I I agree with your statement about it feeling like two different movies I feel like it almost feels like before and after Germany in my eyes because when I feel like when he comes back from Germany from the 68 special on is when it gets like to that darker point. And I really loved that. And aside from I liked the baseball concert, um, like the baseball stadium concert before. But other than that, and I know I talked to Nicole about this, it felt a lot of like montages. Like it felt like it was going so okay. fast. I yeah. felt like until he came back, until the 68 special, it just felt like scenes. Like it didn't mm-hmm. feel like yeah. like a movie. Yep. Like it was just like random scenes, which like it worked, but I was just like, why? Like, I feel like he could have just honestly picked like from Germany on and done one movie, but mm-hmm. like more detail of that. But I feel like maybe he decided that because it would have been harder for him to fit in him stealing from black culture, honestly, because he would have been more established. So you wouldn't have seen his background and like him around other musicians, but I don't know. It just felt really like, and I do love that baseball concert or whatever. Like that scene is so great, especially because the women before (laughs) he comes on are so scantily dressed and they're so worried about this man. And I'm just like, you just hate women being sexual. Like they're allowed to look sexual to please men, but they're not allowed to feel sexual. And like, but I do want to say one of my favorite parts of the whole movie and my audience went absolutely nuts is when they were watching Elvis on TV and the boy like smirked and like kind of like got excited. It was the funniest thing. My audience went absolutely nuts. Like it was so funny. I was like, I love Alamo Draft House, but I don't know. I love the way um, the editing is in this movie. I know it's like so over the top, but it's so Mm -hmm. like fitting with the movie. And I feel like you have to know what you're getting into with a Boz movie, especially about Elvis. Like, I don't know. I felt like it really worked and it worked really well in that scene because you were so aware of like his mom being like, what is going on? The audience itself like freaking out over him his bandmates and then like Elvis himself and then obviously Tom Hanks like I love that scene and I do feel like I was worried the trailer kind of spoiled it with the finger wagging thing that went viral obviously but 
that scene really worked so well but I do feel like it was like definitely like before Germany and after Germany and it was like we could have just done after Germany and Mm -hmm. it'd been fine I really do think that like one of the film's main issues is it just tries to take on too much and the runtime is a direct result of that and I think they maybe would have had a better time of it if it had sort of started later and then just had flashbacks Mm-hmm. instead of starting when it did and also yes we needed like year cards on it somewhere because I was as someone who was like aware of the history of Elvis but not super well versed in it there were times where I was like truly what's going on I don't know where are we in time <laughs> but I think that you know it it's one of those movies that like do I think it's a great film no do I think it's a very fun time absolutely like I really enjoyed watching it I think it's got some issues um and I definitely think like if you don't like Baz Luhrmann's movies you probably won't like this movie um because it is very him but I think that that fits Elvis really well and it fits the sort of like spectacle that they're trying to show and I really think it's you know there are a lot of like craft levels that the film is really strong in. Yeah. Jillian, let's hear from you. I'm Elvis's very interested. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I first I have a question. Who else was in the running for the role? Harry Styles and Miles Teller were the two that I knew. Yeah. The um, my and Ansel Elgort and oh. G Easy. My oh. favorite part of it though is that it apparently came out I, I Harry did, Styles and to Austin Butler. And there was a statement made that Harry Styles is already an icon. Yeah. Um, and so they didn't uh-huh. want to cast him as Elvis, which I just think that's so funny in that they were like, Austin, you got the role because you're not an icon. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that makes sense in the end because it's like, if I was watching Harry Styles as Elvis, I think I'd be more distracted. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't. I would have been watching Harry Styles. I think what it, with this one, I wouldn't have been distracted if I didn't watch any of the press tour. Because I think I had it in my mm-hmm. mind of him just doing the voice and like him on the Tonight Show doing these dance moves. Like the fact that they played him up too much, I think they should have just cut the press tour like and just let him speak for himself within the movie. Um, but I definitely agree with what everyone is saying. I'm a huge Boz fan. I love like Romeo and Juliet is one of my favorite films. I like The Great Gatsby. Is it one that I'm going to watch all the time? No, because I can feel I can feel time slipping. I can feel time slipping away from me. <laughs> oh my as god, I'm, I'm like that. the opposite. I think I've watched it like 30 times in the last. Like, I watched it. So I much. thought that was a four-hour film, and I li- like it's two hours and 30 minutes. But I, I, I like, like that we're evenly time. divided on The Great Gatsby. <laughs> yeah, like this entire time, I was. You like, know what? That 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 tracks. Hours. I feel like. Every other person is a great Gatsby defender, so it tracks. There's four yeah. of us and two yeah. of us. Like, are, yeah, like, but like that film kind of helped respark, or not, not respark. Like that and The Outsiders helped me get into film, so like I owe that to The Great. The Gatsby. Great Gatsby is the movie that got me um, into film. But I, I think for this one, like I think, I think everything before, um, before Germany is where it was kind of hard to follow. I don't think for. Elvis is Elvis pre that like Boz was the right person to kind of dive in to like this guy living in a rural America and also just like his relationship with the black community like it kind of felt like they used that like in the shootings to kind of like help set the time pieces and time periods of like this is like what year we're in now like MLK dying or Bobby Kennedy um, dying 
uh and like it just was it felt like a compilation of like Elvis's greatest hits in the first half and I was like where like there's no substance and I think just having the point of view of Tom Hanks character I think that was like a to me I felt that was the wrong move to go because Mm -hmm. I don't know if they were intentionally playing on this idea we have of Elvis where like you like you look back and you're like I can't believe this man exists because you hear about him so much and I don't know if that was what was trying to be encapsulated because watching that film I feel like I never really connected with him or the characters around him were never delved into until that last second like the two parts of the film that really stuck with me was his life literally being signed away um in that Vegas scene and that last scene where he's singing and then it does cut to Elvis and then I for some reason got like very emotional because I think the parts that worked best was when it did get really dark and obviously with like the great Gatsby and like Romeo and Juliet like he Boz does dark like that dark gothic like I don't know edginess well as well as like just I don't know, like gaudiness. And I think that's definitely was the Vegas year. So I think it would have been more interesting if he dove into that. Or even maybe they do it like Dune, they do part one, part two. They have a different director who knows how to handle, you know, pre-Germany and stuff with Beale Street. And I love that they included that because I think that is a huge part of Elvis's story. Um, But I think I was also confused if this, I think it was the marketing. Honestly, I think it was the marketing. I think the marketing really sold it as this musical like biopic about this music icon but I feel like it never really touched on him with music until that um live special but I think it was more about him as like this like spectacle and this showman who happened to be a musician and happened to have an acting career um didn't really like talk much about politics or whatever I did talk to my dad about it because he's a big Elvis fan. Cause I was like, here's everything about the movie. Like what, like, I don't think he'll go see it. I don't think it's his style of like, I don't know, like the filmmaking. And I think maybe that's going to harbor it with people that are maybe older and Elvis fans, but like probably would not sit through a Baz Luhrmann film. Um, And I was like, okay. Like I walked through everything and it seemed like like if you just lay out the context and the contents of it, like it seems like something people would be interested in, but I don't see this having the same effect that we got with like Bohemian Rhapsody and um, Rocket Man with like a resurgence. I think it's just like a continuation of a story that we didn't know much about with the career. But like, am I gonna go listen to an Elvis soundtrack? No, like I'll listen to the Doja Cat song. I also <laughs> feel like that didn't work. Like usually that, I mean, the Fergie scene in um, Great Gatsby, iconic, like, love that. But, like, here just felt awkward, like. It I felt like, know. you know, in Top Gun Maverick, when they're in the bar and they're mm-hmm. playing the Lady Gaga song in the background, that's, the how, that, that's how the Doja Cat song felt yeah. in this movie, which I thought it was going to be integrated the same way the Gatsby soundtrack was Like, it just felt like they played it over. Yeah, like, it did we'll not episode. feel like the way I anticipated it, which is kind of like my fault. But <laughs> I just feel like Boz soundtracks are so great. Yeah. And it was not integrated well. And I don't know if that's because it's like a movie about a musician, mm-hmm. but I feel the exact same way. Like I saw a tweet that was like, I didn't want to watch an Elvis concert. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I feel like there's barely Elvis music in this yeah. movie. Like, it was hard to connect with his music. Yeah, I totally like, agree with everything that you said, Jillian. 
And I was like, yeah, I, I totally get that. And then I was like, bitch, you literally went to karaoke last night and sang Trouble by <laughs> Elvis. So I don't know. That but I think like, I love the song Suspicious Minds. Like, am I yeah. going to listen to it? It doesn't really push me. I still like the same Elvis song. Yeah, I still like the same Elvis songs that I liked before the movie, which is like yeah. the opposite of how I've usually been with musical biopics. Yeah. Where like, I like, listen to the entire yeah, album. Like I... And I don't know if that's because Elvis's music is very, like, he wasn't very involved until that 68 special, like, had no, like, say production-wise. And, like, there are those bits of him being, like, I want to record this song, but, like, I looked into it, and, like, that's not really, like, what would happen with him. Like, he would kind of be told what to record for a very long time. And I'm just like, I feel like that comes across with his music where it's not just that it's older. It's just like, he isn't like invested in it. And that's why that 68 special, if like you talk to anybody who is a fan of him, that stands out so much to them. It's because he really took ownership of his sound and his image. And that's why that works so well for people. And I also think it speaks to the fact that like, I do think that for at least a while, the whole Elvis phenomenon was as much just about his image as it was about his music and about the dance and his hips and you know like yeah, all yeah. Of that. That's element. what we had. We had uh, these two older ladies um, at my work, and they came up and they were like, uh, they were like, yeah, parents used to hate when we watched Elvis, but me and my cousin would watch him anyways because he shook his hips and it was just like. <laughs> Like, and that's what he is. And that's why, like, I I do agree that, like, I feel like Baz might not have been the best person when I first thought about it. But I think, ultimately, what people loved about Elvis wasn't his music. Um, and it was more how physical he was and how, you know, how he moved and everything like that. And I think that's why getting such, like, a visceral director to do something like that to where, you know, maybe it's not so much about the story as it is, you know, how energetic and how exciting it is. I think that's why ultimately, while I don't love the movie, I do think it is still good for the fact of like Baz was like, I'm going to make something so chaotic. Like you're going to have to enjoy it at least a little bit. I I appreciate that he went full force because like, it didn't feel like he just phoned it in. Like it felt like everything was like specifically selected, you know, how it went together. Um, maybe it was not the execution to the final product, but I, you can tell that there's a lot of care into what I will say they should have. I, I don't know, like Tom Hanks, I would say like maybe Paul Giamatti or someone else. Like, I don't know. If Paul Giamatti would be so good because like, I don't know if Tom Hanks, if that, like, it makes me never want to watch a Tom Hanks film again. That's okay, what I've, so, I've had a lot of people say that. Okay. So my thing with the Tom Hanks thing is that if it had been someone who took it way too seriously, it would have been the absolute worst. Like it needed to be someone like I, and it's so weird because I would have never thought this of Tom Hanks before, but he made it like very camp-like and had it been someone that was very serious I feel like it would have been bad like even worse had Jared Leto gotten his hands on this like (laughs) I which is so funny because he could just be his house and Gucci character like Mm -hmm. because it's not an Italian accent like you know from the moment that he saw those photos of Tom Hanks 
in his like, like get up, he he fucking punch in a wall. Yeah. In his like, underground house, not knowing about COVID. Literally. Oh, that. Oh, I will say, like the entire movie, like the second half felt like that one scene in Great Gatsby when they're in the hotel room and then they like the truth comes out, like that yeah. intensity, but like for two and a half hours. Like I, I don't think they're. I, I think for me, I had a hard time understanding like everyone who's like, oh, Austin Butler nomination, like he's the, so good, like breakout role. People said this is the best role so far this year. Do I agree with that? No. And I think if he had more room to breathe because it was going so fast and like there wasn't so many shots of him just looking off into the distance and like moving, like I feel like I never connected with him mm-hmm. or saw him like, I don't know. Like I- I, I was so scared about that because- one there were all those rumors before the movie even came out that it was like from Tom Hanks character's perspective and not from Austin Butler's character which was like to me I was like what like what I immediately I was like this is like the queen thing again where it's like more about queen than like the subject matter but I do feel like this is like why so I like both halves of the movie but I prefer the second half because I feel like he gets more like not room because it's still so busy but he gets like more moments my favorite moment with him is for sure when his mom dies and like I wish they went further into the fact that he like slept in the same bed as his mom until he was like 30 which is so weird but um I feel like he's so good in that scene and he is that moment where they're sitting outside taking photos which just the commentary and like that paparazzi have always been like this and like the media has always consumed celebrities real lives like this is just obviously clearly very disturbing but he's so good in that scene but he doesn't get enough time because like tom hanks does come in in that scene and you're like can you like back off a little? <laughs> Every time like, screen, i'm like could you go away also okay so i actually like tom hanks in that scene but when he hugs him he has like his little like like I don't even know, like, I don't know if it's just prosthetics or like a fake hand or something, (laughs) but like he has rings on and I'm like, I don't want to see this close up on his hands because it's just like not real. Like it just casts someone bigger. Like I, that's, they did this, they did the same thing at the end, uh, when, uh, Austin Butler's like kissing all the fans in front of his wife and then oh, Tom Hanks so comes up and like grabs him on the hip and they do the exact so same thing and I was like distracting <laughs> yeah. but um I and then obviously the scene with him and his dad in the hotel room oh, is just God. like you like I feel like that's the scene that I would assume if he gets nominated they would show i saw you and jacob talking about this on twitter well here before you say that we'll move on does anyone have any like last thoughts on the movie as a whole before we get to like the oscar potential before nicole goes i want to say something really funny um break my back like a glow stick austin (laughs) butler like i hate blonde i I hate blonde (laughs) men i hate blonde men but like Oh my God, like perfect person to get the whole Elvis response of the way women felt because like, my God, my God. I was planning to marry him and Kenzie said, no, she wants to. Wait, him. We've this agreed. is like really he funny. Will split his time with us. 
I still Wait, see this... him as the Disney Channel extra. Like, yep. Okay. The Hannah Montana, like, I, one episode I never saw him in any of that Carrie stuff for me. The, the Carrie Diaries. And then he is in a direct knockoff, literally called The Bling yep. Ring, <laughs> on Lifetime. <laughs> and he is really hot in it. It never made sense to me because, like, the real person he's portraying was, like, not hot. and was, like, like, a, a dweeb. Yeah, and I'm just like, what? Like, we'll be the guy that that replaced Chase on Zoe 101, and that's... I I will say, I think this is the start. I wouldn't say this is... I feel like people are framing it as this is his, like, peak. I think it's, like, the start onto something better. Yeah. Yeah. Which, um, no, my thing is, though, I think... I was really worried whenever they announced this movie because the thing about Elvis is that he did have like a magnetism to him that was really, I do think the key to his success was just straight up his charisma. And I was like, I don't know that there's anyone who can replicate that kind of charisma. And I see like why they were considering Harry Styles for the role because I think Mm -hmm. he has a similar effect on audiences today, especially on younger women. Yeah, And I was so impressed that Austin Butler was able to nail that charisma because that's not an easy thing to do and he had I think of like having watched Elvis movies and stuff a very similar sort of feel to him and yeah like much like Kenzie I'm also not usually into blonde men and I've come to terms with the fact that I could even handle him keeping that Elvis accent going like I truly didn't see him coming I'm a defender of the Elvis accent I think men (laughs) particularly white men are so fucking boring he has found a way to be not boring without being like let me tell you all the ways that I harassed through method acting yeah and like the next Brad I respect it I just I, I I'm here for anything that men do to not be like Jared Leto to keep their name in the conversation, but also yep. like not just it's be starting like, to be charming to me. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know. It was never not charming to me. I was so shocked <laughs> that the internet was mad. I was like, I don't care, like whatever. But I do want to clarify. Nicole texted me and goes, <laughs> "Do you still support my upcoming marriage to Austin Butler?" And I just straight up said no. And then, like, two minutes later, I was like, because I'm leaving my husband for Austin. Oh <laughs> and then I said, would you be interested in splitting him with It's me? like a timeshare. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to timeshare Austin Butler. Um, I will say, like, us, in, in a period where Austin. we're kind of, like, missing leading men, like, we don't really have, like, they just seem indispensable. Like, I'm glad mm-hmm. that there's someone that's starting to build up into, like, what Yeah, because. And someone it, that like, wasn't built through, like, Marvel. Like, yeah, Holland like, was. And like yeah, Tom Holland is not an actor. I'm just saying. Yes. <laughs> when we do like, so my, my the impossible says hi. Yeah. But my thing is, my parents don't know who Tom Holland is, and I'm sorry, but like, if baby boomers don't know who you are, like, you're mm-hmm. not like my parents know who Timothy Chalamet is, but they yeah, don't like, know who Tom Holland. Wait, my dad every year is like, I share a birthday with Timothy Chalamet. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it is nice that I have because I do feel like Timothy Chalamet is like sort of the only big heartthrob right now, and it's nice. To have and now they're gonna like fight older they're literally gonna have a battle of the twinks like literally it's like, nice to have someone gonna... that i'm not i don't have that like ooh, but i still kind of we didn't even talk about cody smith mcphee and his line <laughs> delivery of but he's white 
I'm trying to erase the existence overall from my memory. <laughs> I lost my mind. I was like, what is this guy doing in mm-hmm. his stupid hat? And as he, the funniest part of this whole conversation of Austin Butler keeping his accent is watching Cody Smith McPhee's character develop the accent and be yep. like, I want to be just like you. <laughs> because it's so That's, bad. Okay, listen, I know that Jillian, you were saying when Tom Hanks was on screen, you were like, please leave. My please leave. <laughs> it was Cody Smith. No, I, I, turned from, I turned over to my friend. I was like, that's the guy from The Power of the Dog. I forget what his role was. I mean, he's in the role, but I was like, this is what he's doing. I guess I was before, but I was like, this is where we're going after supporting actor nom. Literally, it's like the funniest transition I've ever seen. It's the like singing the scene that they cut off the like three seconds of him. I wonder how bad it was because I heard he shot more songs than our movie and i'm like was it that bad like were they cut for time or were they cut because i wonder though he was kind of like showing you that like elvis's character was just that good that like he was like he made everyone else look so bad but i'm like at least make him look good and then elvis Mm -hmm. looked great like i i don't know it was so bad i was like they should have had him come off as like very talented musically mm-hmm. and then it'd be like but Elvis has got the charisma like exactly but it yeah. was like I don't know it was weird and it I was like Elvis we've never seen a good feet. musician before so we are very impressed by this Elvis fellow I'm obsessed <laughs> with your like half British accent half southern accent <laughs> that's because <laughs> that's Nicole she can't let go of it uh, I respect um... Austin Butler uh, so moving past the film as a whole onto Oscar potential, um, I will start, I guess, with Kenzie. What do you think is the actual like Oscar potential? Well, um, starting, I guess, with Austin Butler. And I want to like have everyone's thoughts on like what his scene could potentially be as well. Okay, so I think no matter what, throughout the year, he'll be like sixth place. Like I think mm-hmm. maybe he'll make it in. But even people that don't like this movie, like, he's going to be in the running all year, like, just straight up because it's a biopic. Of he has American the golden icon. locked up. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just feel he's like. He's also going to campaign his ass off. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. I was on TikTok. First, I see a TikTok of him at the theater I did not go to. And I'm like, I almost went no to that same. theater. So WTF. Him and Boz, like, showing yeah. up. I'm like, what the fuck? I was so close to going to that theater. Angry. Um, second, he was in Scottsdale and the second TikTok I saw, I was like, what the fuck? Like, yep. I was just blown away. But this guy's going to Scottsdale. He's going to every fucking theater across the he goddamn United every States. Every award show. Every award like, show. He's going to be like Andrew Garfield, but like more yeah. intense. Like, yeah, more intense. Like, Andrew wow. Garfield with Rami Malek's intensity. Yep, there it is. But, okay, I don't think it's the same thing. Like, I don't think it's the same thing because I feel like Austin Butler has pure intentions and yeah. Austin mm. Butler has done what Rami Malek never did which is get in front of the controversy around the movie. Or just, you know, give a performance. Yeah, that yeah. too. I mean, I'm still <laughs> I'm still in the camp of I haven't seen it. I saw enough with the clips. Save I yourself. don't have to see the goddamn movie. I'm sorry. Um, but I feel like Austin Butler is already a few steps ahead of Rami Malek. And I don't know. But and plus he's hot. So like, it's very different. Sorry mm-hmm. to Rami Malek. I'm very sorry to Rami Malek. Like mm-hmm. the eyebrows. He's and charismatic. Gonna... 
Rami Malik is his Breaking Dawn Part 2 character in real yeah. life. Like, I'm yeah. sorry, but, like, that's him. I don't um, believe he's a human. I don't. I, he doesn't sleep. He doesn't he's sleep. He's Mr. Robot. He sits there, there with does. his eyes open. I still haven't seen that either. That's I feel so, really... No, Rami, like... I feel really good, bad. Um, he just rubbed me you, the wrong way. You gotta watch Mr. Robot, and you're like, where was this? And Wolfing and Rap is incredible. I just feel bad that that movie has tarnished this man for all of it. But then I feel I don't feel bad because he was so bad in James Bond that I was like. <laughs> but honestly, maybe he's just phoning it in because he won an Oscar for phoning it in. So like, why would mm-hmm. you try? Like, I don't blame him. Make the money. Yeah. Cash the check. Anyway, Austin Butler, regardless of what anyone thinks, he's number five or six all year long. It doesn't even matter what else comes out. Like, he's in the conversation. Costume design, I feel like, is a lock because Catherine Martin yep. is, like, a lock with Boz Lerman. She has four Oscars from working with him, costume design and production design. And on this movie, she has PGA producer credit. Which yep. I don't think this movie's getting in for best picture, but like that is really impressive. And that says so much about how much Boz trusts her. And I've already seen three articles about how she recreated Graceland. So yeah. the production design, costume design, that conversation is just locked and loaded. Sound, I don't want to say it's like a lock, but it is some of the best use of sound I've ever heard in a movie. So mm-hmm. I feel like. It should at least be a lock for a nomination, but I don't know what else is coming out sound-wise, and it's so hard now that they're combined. But if Bohemian Rhapsody can win two fucking Oscars for sound, give this a nomination. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't get it. Also um, split sound again. Yeah, it's just split sound. They're different. Like, they're different. Um, yep. And also Bohemian Rhapsody winning. I just, what the mm-hmm. fuck? Um, hair and makeup, I think you could almost say it's a lock. I think like the Tom Hanks that's, work is that's bad. That's my number one right now. Just Yeah, I feel like the Tom Hanks work with. is bad, but that's what's recognized half the time, even when there were only three slots. So it's the House of Gucci of it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Or um, even sorry, I mean, the eyes of Tammy Faye. <laughs> yep. I feel like editing if they there's nothing else really flashy this year that could be like the go-to flashy slot like essentially like because adam mckay doesn't have a movie coming out does he he produced the menu and every time his name pops up i'm like shut the fuck up shut the fuck up i'm just saying i think it i think it could take the adam mckay spot yeah that's what i that's what i was thinking watching it and then i i mean we don't know what's coming song wise i think the song is really identifiable, which would help, but I feel like genre-wise, it'll hurt it. But I feel like it's, if it stays as catchy as it is, like I know Academy voters aren't on TikTok, but it's like every fucking TikTok, not even Honestly, related, yeah. not even related not to be, the movie. But some of their kids are. Yeah. And I think that like like um alfonso Cuaron's daughter on tiktok is so funny because he's like in the background of all her tiktoks and i'm like yeah. oh so that's what you're i doing. see so many like um laura Dern makes tiktoks with her daughter yeah all the time. with her daughter like so yeah. i just the song is really everywhere even on tiktoks that's not related to the movie and i feel like we're in this weird space of like there isn't really like a song of the summer because there's just so many songs that it's gonna be going- Carol- carolina 
right? Another slip. Yeah. Another quad ads. Best vlog campaign starting now. Um, speaking of billboards that are everywhere in LA, um, but <laughs> I don't get it. They're the worst billboards I've ever seen. And now they're replacing them with a different one. It, like the first one was like a photo of her face covered up. And now it's like a photo of like Daisy Edgar Jones, like real face. And I don't get it. But I feel like the song, you just can't ignore it. And like Doja Cat's very like, she's always out there doing stuff. Like she just she's had like surgery. Yeah, like she just had surgery, but she's still making all these TikToks. And I'm like, I feel like you can't ignore someone that's like everywhere. Yeah. So I feel like Austin Butler isn't a lock, but he's very much, he's going to be six or five all year long. Costume design and production design, I do feel like are locks unless like, production design falls off but I don't feel like it will and then sound hair and makeup or locks and then like editing and song I would like keep it in my pocket but wouldn't pull a trigger on it until like I feel largely the same I think there's a chance it gets into picture and I think that's because in a year of 10 we've seen that you can get some more things into picture that are not traditional Oscar best picture nominees and I think the key to all of this is the fact that Elvis's family is going to throw their word and their money behind the movie. And I think they're going to be, if they do what I think they will, which is host all the parties and, you know, get everybody, make sure that everybody has seen it, then it really could go far. I think like this whole narrative around like Austin, they, they invited Austin to Graceland and let him play Elvis's guitar and like, that they have previously let John Lennon tune the guitar, but not play it. I think there's a huge narrative there. And I think that Austin will campaign. I think we've seen that like, that makes a huge difference. I think not only is he likely to be nominated, I think there's a world in which he wins. Um, Looking at the winners over the past like five years, playing a particularly playing a musician in a biopic is a really good way to get an Oscar. Um, and I feel I also... like his um, approach kind of mm-hmm. like looked at the history of male musicians in this category. They were yeah. like, we can blend the voices and it's like the perfect balance of yep. like me singing, but honoring the titular character. If he does performances at events, I think that helps him. You know what I keep thinking? You know what I keep thinking? Boz is really close with Lady Gaga. And Boz Mm -hmm. did a whole partnership with Tiffany's during Gatsby. And Gaga is like one of the um, spokespeople for Tiffany's. I'm like, what if like when her Vegas show comes back, he shows up? He shows up? What? What? Also, Exactly. I think they're going to pull out all the stops on a campaign. And I think that that could be... A big thing and I think it could end up having box office behind it which you know I mean, it already does basically mm-hmm. um which could make a difference and I think you know there's been a lot of talk about like could Top Gun get into best picture and Absolutely I think it's not and I think <laughs> the spot that people think that would take may actually go to Elvis like I, think- I don't think it's a shirt sure, a certain thing but I think that people who are well, because now need to think about it because if you think about it, if it gets Austin costume, production, hair, makeup, editing, and song, that's six nominations. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. Not that that's going to happen, but like if it did, 
that's how you get like because this is either like it's so shitty to compare the two but it's like because everybody's doing it but it's either like bohemian rhapsody where it's like seven nominations or whatever or it's rocket man where it's one but i don't think it's gonna end up being that i think it's gonna be like in between no matter what like and even if it gets picture i feel like it'll be like picture costume design in austin and that's it and i think i think looking through um the oscar central uh lineup of who we all have for best actor it's not particularly like a super strong year i mean up until this point right now the only person if like the oscars were next week i mean tom cruise is probably an actual possibility which is not like something that will ever happen when it comes to the oscars so it's like but could it I hope. I you love, know what I love honestly Gun, think. I really you know what not. I honestly think they should do instead of that is just like give him like some separate honorary Oscar. Yeah. A separate um, ceremony. Or introduce stunts this year and have him present it. Because yeah. I think I think something like Killers of the Flower Moon is such mm-hmm. a big like group thing with a lot of male like leads, co-leads, supporting Actually, stuff like that. Other than Adriano, for some reason, everyone else that's filled it in has Leo. He's like him and Coleman Domingo are the only mm-hmm. people that like overlap. Coleman which Domingo. like Coleman Domingo just 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 make it happen. Yeah, I think but, the Austin Butler thing is that the Academy hates young people, mm-hmm. and I especially think that's actors. And yep. like, they like young, like young actors. I they mean, like nominating young actresses, but they never supporters. do it with actors. They, it's more of a legacy thing. I mean, I think Romney was like thirty nine when he won. That's pretty. I don't know. It's pretty high up there. And he was for a biopic. Everyone else is mostly in their forties. I mean, Xiaomi, I think it was twenty. And then wasn't there someone this year they were looking to get in? that would have reset the record. I can't remember. But I mean, AGM Brody is like the youngest person to win. That yeah. It still award. blows so my like, mind because he looked old. I feel like that will <laughs> hurt his chances. But I think, I mean, if they're looking at it, it's a performance that they normally do award. But I think, you know, people could see it as like, what's his acting like portfolio? Like, is he worthy enough? Because they're very pretentious. Like, I do he think has the a fact few more that years in his line. The last thing that he did being a Tarantino film, I think, does help with that, though. Because, yeah. right, that's the last yeah. thing he did before this, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he spoke... Like five yeah, he spoke really yeah. highly of him also. But I do think that, like, Young Thing holds him back, especially given other than um, Diego Calva and Babylon, which, like, sight unseen, we don't know because... Like yeah. the first man, he was a recognizable actor, like left out. Not mm-hmm. that to keep bringing up Ryan Gosling out of all people, but <laughs> everyone else is kind of like really established, like sight unseen that's like in the running, like Colin Firth and Adam Driver again. Brendan Fraser is older and has this huge comeback narrative. And like, plus, it's he'll be, gonna be prosthetics. Yeah. 
and Coleman Domingo, who has never been nominated, but he is older. He's in a biopic and it's going to be very timely now that it's coming out this year, given like there are so many things on the table with the Supreme Court. And then like Hugh Jackman and Leonardo DiCaprio, like Austin Butler is not. And then like Song Kang-ho will have some sort of narrative behind him. I'm still curious how the Academy will embrace that movie, but I just feel like Austin Butler will be this like young newcomer that like we primarily see in the lead actress category versus the lead actor category. And I also am really curious, like, I don't think Blonde will be like, I don't know. I, I, in my heart, I hope it's nothing, Mm -hmm. but. Same with Amsterdam. I'm not talking Amsterdam. about Am- I'm not talking about Amsterdam until like it's I not real. It's not real, and I am not ready for that. Neither is Blonde to me. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm really curious. Like, if Blonde is at least an actress play, like, does that help Austin Butler or does that hurt him? Because like having two like insanely popular American icons, obviously very different kind of icons, but like, I don't know if that like helps or hurts one of the other because it's like. That would be so weird to have such like iconic American people like in the same. They would do the actors on actors interviews. Can you imagine? Other. They have to do that. Oh shit! Whether or not they're getting nominated, I need that from them. I mean, I yeah. think like this year there's really an opportunity like to have international actors break in. Mm-hmm. It definitely mm-hmm. doesn't. I I mean, obviously, I haven't seen everything this year, but I think like there doesn't really seem to be performances that we're like anticipating or like see like it's the same names and I think international since it's getting more recognition uh within the last two years I think if they can really push them like those actors I can see them kind of starting to overtake like and I think and I think in a lot of the uh I think in a lot of what we are right now considering for best picture whether it be um I mean, Avatar is not going to have a single acting nomination. The Fablemans isn't going to have a lead acting. Uh, we've already talked about Killers of the Flower Moon. Babylon is still sight unseen about lead acting. Um, the only one that I'm really like kind of, I'm not like confident about, but Bardo um, Alejandro has gotten a lead actor in for like every single movie he's directed. So like that oh, yeah. is the one yeah. that I am... Um, but I do want it to be the year of Colin Farrell. So I think I'm, I'm, gonna just, gonna, I'm just gonna speak it into existence. Like th- there's a huge narrative behind it because he's partnering again with Mark- Martin McDonough with Brendan Gleeson. I'm like, I'm just gonna speak into existence. But I do feel like this year is more of like a director's kind of year where like everyone it's directors has and this, actress, I think. Yeah, which I mean, every everyone year is has the year, same. But everyone has like the same four in director and they're all previous winners which is boring i would put baz in directing after like i i I am so behind that because like the way everyone talks about top gun they were like this is the best movie i've ever seen i'm like y'all are just so bored of every big blockbuster being the exact same that like it not having a superhero in it not to be like dismissive but they were like wow this is great and I'm like, that is how I feel about Elvis, that it was like this big, expressive, unique kind of blockbuster that I feel like we need more of. And 
Jillian like said it. I don't remember what you said. You were like, he like did something and other directors like well like I like everyone's so boring like everyone uses the same color palettes no one's really like trying to even if it's like bad and isn't executed well like you can you can real like I feel like he needs at least something I think he's like leading the course for contemporary auteurs because everyone Mm -hmm. else is like making these passion projects that they all just honestly they look the same like I feel like no one's being very inventive in the like the legacy directors and like he seems like such a breath of fresh air even though he's been around for a long time but I think we haven't had like a film of that like that is so director focused it, like something like that would be so like I don't know like studio I think we're so used to studio focused films versus like individualized directors that I think he definitely there is a big argument for him to to land a spot and possibly one because I think we've I mean we've seen like the playbook for everyone already and it's like mm. Steven Spielberg did West Side Story last year. Now he's doing The Fablemans. Like, what, what's going to change between those two films of his technique? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, All right, I love directors. Like, I love, <laughs> love them. Um, does everyone want to give their thoughts on what would be Austin's clip? I know Jillian and I were talking about it on Twitter. Uh, so we have uh, our opinions. Yeah. I feel like uh, that movie, every time I was like, oh, this is the Oscar clip. And then I was like, this, like, I was saying this out loud and everyone around me was probably like, please shut up. But I was just thinking <laughs> like, I'm like, they're going to do Austin Butler, Elvis. And I'm like, this is the clip. This is going to well, be that's, it. I, I would love if he is in, I would love if the clip was trouble when he comes out on stage and he starts doing the hound dog thing. I also love that I, I texted this to Kenzie and Nicole last night, but he definitely like, took a lot of his Elvis and Baz too, took a lot of the Elvis sound based on the 68 special. Because if you listen to the 58 version of Trouble, it almost sounds like an acoustic, like folk, like mix of it, not like a full rock that it is the 68 special. And that's what I thought he played that one really well. And I thought that was one of the first times where I was like, oh, like he's acting, acting, like doing everything with that. Capital A acting. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyone else though? Anything Nicole. specific? Nicole, what is this clip? No, I do think I could see them using like a performance clip. So I think Jacob, that's a good one. It also is the, the song, like the song that he sings. Exactly. So I think that would make a lot of sense. Um but there's also, there's a couple of him with Tom Hanks that I could see them going for. And I think that could, I mean. Fat Toad. What if Tom, like, what if Tom Hanks got nominated in Best Supporting Actor? I feel like Best Supporting Actor is always, like, the least, like, that category. It's always, they, like, revamp the strangest yeah. category. And I feel like if he were also nominated, they might use one with both of them. Yeah. I keep thinking, like, about, um my favorite scene is like not him talking or like doing anything. It's just him with his dad when they're taking those paparazzi Mm -hmm. photos. I really love that scene Yeah, because personally that's like something that works more on me versus like everything else he's doing in the film. I think he's so great in the film, but that scene just like really worked for me. And that was kind of where I had this like transition of like, because I feel like this movie falls very victim to the Dewey Cox 
biopic jokes Mm -hmm. but it's so weird because I feel like that works against it but also works like um for it at the same time but I I think like his clip has to be the scene with his dad in the hotel because he has a lot of like like it's just like him talking it's not him going back and forth which is what so much of the Tom Hanks scenes are where it's like equally them but I feel like the scene where he's like talking to his dad in the hotel is very much just him or they could go that Rami Malek clip thing where they just use like a performance. The Rami Malek, if if they do the Rami Malek, I think that would be the final performance is yeah. what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Having yeah, him like but, And like the Academy that. is so prone to like spoiling movies, mm-hmm. which is like so dumb to me because that's like a big platform to use to get people to see movies that like haven't seen them in the past when they were previously released. But I feel like the um, Suspicious Minds performance is uh-huh. where I would go. Yes. Or if we're going to go with Tom Hanks clip, it has to be when he's firing him. It has to yeah. be. Well, the whole, like that whole Suspicious Minds like into it when he's got that little, yeah. like the outbreak and he's like gets down and starts drinking the martini. Um, yeah, I think, I think that would be a good one. Um, yeah. To move on. Uh, Can I just add one more point? Like, yes. What yes. I thought was done so differently in this one compared to biopics that we've seen before. Not that they villainize the main character, but I feel like we get into like in the formula of biopics, we get to a point where they're at the top of their fame and they're kind of just like, you know, they're either alcoholic, they're doing pills, like something, and they get kind of like not like vicious but just like this negative like I'm not listening to anyone behind me like I know what's right like I feel like there's always those scenes and I feel like I don't know if Elvis had that point within his career but I feel like or that that was just omitted from the story but I feel like we never had that which I think did feel refreshing because I think the entire time you do kind of root for him whether he stole the music or not and like it definitely you know those last moments where his life is literally signed away on a tablecloth but like there's never moments where you you just like feel for the situation that he's in that he wasn't conscious about of what's happening more than like these other ones where they build up they build up they build up to like this like outbreak and this like mental breakdown and shoving everyone out of their life like you could tell that he really value the relationships around him and just wanted to do what he wanted to do versus like I don't, like what we've seen before and I feel like that was refreshing that we didn't have one at those moments yeah, yeah and I think I, oh what were you gonna say I just feel like that was the part where I was like the Dewey Cox narrative isn't holding it back because it kind of skipped that I feel like because the people that made the movie were more aware of being nice about Elvis because I feel like he became like a running joke for so many people Mm -hmm. that don't even know about his music like everyone jokes about him dying on the toilet like it's in euphoria it's in absolutely everything they joke about him dying on the toilet and we all know that's from his drug use and I feel like it was so nice to see them skip it because like you're saying we see it in every single biopic about like anyone famous not even just musicians like anyone famous they're like they were addicted to drugs they lost their career this is why but personally I always because I looked it up when I was like leaving 
because I was like, I always just thought that's how he lost his career was because he was addicted to drugs. Mm -hmm. But like, he literally like, the Colonel had a doctor that just kept prescribing him drugs when he didn't even want them, which is something that's so jarring to me because it's very similar to what happened to Brittany in Mm -hmm. a sense that the people around her were just funneling her drugs, whether she wanted them or not. And so it was really interesting to see it like that because I feel like it honored Elvis as a person more, which even given all the horrible things he did, like stealing from black culture and dating a 14 year old, like there are things that are inexcusable, but like, it's still really sad what happened to him. Like he lost his life because people were taking advantage of him. And yeah. I do like, I think what you said is valid because of like, it's kind of like a running joke about certain parts of his life. And it mm-hmm. kind of dives into like what what was happening behind the scenes of like how it got to that point versus like I don't know not like romanticizing it or trying to be like a, like course corrected of like no he was actually like I think it it doesn't expressively admit his flaws all the way like it could but it also mm-hmm. was just like this is why he had a rough part of his career like I think he you know at that one point he he starts to get aware of like how people are taking advantage of him and I think that's something that people one in the industry don't realize what the people around them and two like consumers and normal people don't they're like why is that person doing that thing you know like what is that situation so I mean I like that part of it yeah um before I get to the final question just to go around the table everyone favorite Baz uh I'll start with Nicole favorite Baz movie it's gotta be Moulin Rouge that film was my everything as a high schooler um, although I am a huge great Gatsby defender as well. Uh, Jillian? Romeo and Juliet. Uh, Kinsey? My favorite is still Strictly Ballroom. I have mm. like a love for all of his movies, but I love Strictly Ballroom so much and it kills me. That's his only movie with like zero Oscar nominations. Um, and my favorite is Australia. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> No, it's uh, it's definitely Moulin Rouge. I will, I will forgive. I'm not a big Baz fan, but I will forgive him for everything, everything that could ever happen for giving us Elephant Love Melody. Um, yes. yes. <laughs> um. So for the last question, uh, of course, like everyone knows, uh, biopics and especially music biopics, uh you know, somewhat in the early 2000s, but especially in the past like five to 10-ish years have been really picking up. So I want to go around and ask, what is someone now who is either in the middle of the career in different parts of their career? Who do we think in like 20-ish years could have a biopic made about them? I'll start with... I'll start with Kinsey. Also, with this being said, you cannot say the same thing that a previous person said. Uh, So Kinsey. I'm going to skip who everyone thinks I'm going to (laughs) say because I don't want it. I don't want anyone to make it. Well, Um, they already made it. It's Vox Lux. Very true. Um, I think there's going to be a Kurt Cobain one. I feel like we're going to be far enough away from it. And Last Days by Gus Van Sant was pretty like it was like well received. It wasn't like loved, but I feel like people like enjoyed it. Um, but there's just so much about him that I feel like 
we're far enough away from it that someone will try to make something about his life or at least like the end of it. Yeah. Um, Jillian. Um, I just feel like this will probably never get made, but I would like an ABBA um, musical biopic because I feel like we all know the song. So we're not going to get to a point where we're like, oh, go back to that. So that was all like, I like when you know the songs or like you rediscover songs um love a european music group and i feel like it could be i don't know if they have any dark secrets other than like what they're kind of tied to from world war ii but i want to have a fun time with the swedish pop group love second um nicole Okay. Don't say that... Leah Michelle. Don't say Leah Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> the one that I really want is I really want a Fleetwood Mac yes. um, biopic. But the one I think is going to happen within the next 20 years because I think it will happen in her lifetime so that she will produce it is Cher. Oh, yeah. Um, because she just had a musical about her life on Broadway a couple of years ago. And I really see her pushing for a movie because of her like involvement with Hollywood. But I also think within 50 years, we will get a Lynn Memo Miranda biopic. And you know who will be in it? Britney Spears. <laughs> I'm serious. Um, no, honestly, I think they'll do a Lynn Memo Miranda biopic at some point, and Anthony Ramos will play Lynn. I was just going to okay. say what if Liam Payne plays Harry Styles? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Is that what you were going to say, Jacob? No. I Amy was Feldstein okay. plays Leah Michelle. Oh my god! Please, <laughs> they do a Glee reboot and they cast um, Beanie and um, Austin Butler as Sam. And you know it's so funny because the Ryan Murphy like trajectory is there. Ryan Murphy of it all. Where's the Ryan Murphy <laughs> biopic? We need to know where this man came from. <laughs> Truly, oh, he he Truly. has the same backstory as a uh, Colonel Tom Parker. Um, <laughs> no, so okay, so I. I feel like mine isn't, uh, I liked all your guys' answers. I feel like mine's not as good. Um, I feel like it would be really hard because especially with female singers, especially today, it is kind of hard. Um, I feel like a lot of people can dive into the wrong subject, but I think done right and done probably with her approval, I do think a Taylor Swift biopic in 20-ish years could work, especially with her issues at like the VMAs with everything that happened, you know, over the past like 10-ish years, her, you know, public persona and everything like that. I feel like that's something that done the right way could be touched on I think really she would well. produce it herself. Yeah. I think yeah. she would star in it herself. <laughs> and no, direct it herself. No, I don't herself. think she would star in it. I think she might direct it, though. Yeah. She would write because it. She's talked about, like, wanting to move into, like, working in film in that way. I, but I want from her, like, though, I want to know the things that we don't know that mm-hmm. we're piecing together in the songs. And I feel like she wouldn't give us that. So in that vein, I would like the John Mayer biopic. Oh, I would love the John Mayer biopic. I would love the Grateful Dead and John Mayer biopic. Yes, yes. Wait, Grateful Dead does have a biopic coming out. Andy Cohen. Oh, isn't it? With Jonah Hill. It's just Jerry Garcia, though, right? We're not not happy about that. Yeah. No one's excited about that. Also, um, Billy Joel. Yes, 
Yes, I agree. I've had a lot of thoughts about this. Wait, was there going to be a Billy Joel one and it kind of like fell apart? Am I crazy? It's okay. It's okay. Yes, 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 yes. There there was. Um, (laughs) I don't think he like gave the rights to the music. What happened to the Bee Gees one? They're doing it. They're still doing it? Yeah. Isn't Kenneth Branagh doing it or did he step away from it? He was and then he left, I think. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, no, I have a lot of thoughts about the Billy Joel biopic (laughs) and I feel like and you they were definitely, my pick and I thought you were going to say it. The Billy Joel biopic definitely needs to be done in the same vein as Rocket Man, where they like yeah. do it based around the songs. Because I think I think Billy Joel's songs and one of the reasons why I love his songs is because they tell such a story. I mean, you could take his whole Strangers album and just make a movie about like that story. That's the thing is like I wish they would do more biopics that were like about just like certain chunks of their lives because mm-hmm. I feel like that works better. Yeah. Like I think like they're easier to follow both as a fan and not a fan. But yeah. I'm curious about the Bob Dylan one and I'm obviously the most curious wait. about the Madonna one. Oh yeah. the Madonna. I Shout want to I want a reputation era <laughs> biopic and that's it. Wait, yes. actually though I think that's if a Taylor Swift one happened, I think they would be smart think, to do it sort of about that era. Yeah, I'm like what happened when she disappeared? Isn't that what the documentary was over? I mean, basically, yeah, I yeah. think was it that, Some, somewhat but dealing with you know, sort of this idea of what celebrity means. Yeah, um, I think could be really interesting. I think we'll know more when she re releases Reputation and all the vault songs. But I think with her, I think you need to choose like people that have like like the Elton John one, I think should be the gold standard because the way they yeah. use the songs to tell the story, like Taylor Swift, you could you could easily do that. You could create mm-hmm. a whole or even just create a movie adapted from the music where it's like I think with today's world, like people aren't writing their own songs and they are not like as involved so I there's like a lot of people I wouldn't care to see a biopic about and I feel like if they did one they would go in a route of like what Bohemian Rap I mean I feel like Bohemian Rhapsody had a heart and like of course Freddie Mercury is iconic it had a heart when Dexter got involved yeah I feel like it would go in that route of like let's overplay all these moments that like don't really we don't need an Ariana Grande yeah there's like like, I wouldn't want to do a Lipa and Ariana Grande like maybe a Justin Bieber would be interesting Justin Bieber would be interesting Justin Bieber would be interesting depending on how the rest of his career goes because he has such a like falling out and then is able to like come back into public persona won't be able to but yes. I, want I want a, a Jonas just, Brothers movie. Oh, I but want, it's not about them. It's just a follow up to the Jonas Brothers TV show. It's just I the want, Camp Rock. I want the <laughs> show is so good. I want like a Justin Timberlake one that's like an expose, like made by someone who hates him. Britney Spears. No, she doesn't hate him, which is so unfortunate. Uh, made by Kenzie. <laughs> made by me. I volunteer. Like I will make it. Made by Janet Jackson. Yeah. Being like, Kinsey has convinced me to hate Justin Timberlake. I want you to know that. I just want everyone to know that I literally have been doing this my entire life. I hung my friend's marionette doll of No Strings Attached or Justin Timberlake from her fan with a sign that said Team Britney on it. I have spent my entire life convincing people to hate this man because it is deserved. But I feel like we'll never get a biopic about him but it would be really interesting to get like a 
get like an expose, like a fuck this man. Mm-hmm. Like that Even one I'd with, be like, fine with. Personalities and we don't have a lot of musicians with personalities. These yeah, days. that's why I feel like someone, like I feel like maybe like Mick Jagger, but I feel like oh. it would be like a series. It wouldn't be a yeah. movie because his career span for so long. He's still having children. Uh, so. um, Beatles Get Back documentary was really good. Like I yeah. think it's, I think if people took that route where it makes sense, Mm-hmm. Like, and now I know everyone's doing documentaries. Like, did I need them? No, but if I get them from specific people where it's like, you're curious that of how the career spans that like, obviously wouldn't fit. Like you couldn't do the Beatles, uh, a biopic. You couldn't do like David Bowie or like Mick Jagger. So I feel like I'd rather get a documentary. And That's why I'm curious about the David Bowie documentary. Mm-hmm. I heard it's so good. Like I heard it's mm-hmm. so good. The, I mean, and the like, trailers insane. and like it's his the trailer, own footage. Oh Wild. Like they've started playing the trailer in theaters. It's been playing at my theater for like two months. They yeah, we just just now got it, and I've been watching it in there, and I'm like, this is insane. They played it because of the future, and I was like, oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> it's because Alamo Draft House plays better trailers, other than yeah. they just repeatedly played the Bob's Burgers trailer for like. Yeah, I was gonna say, wait months. a second, Kenzie. <laughs> Literally, I'm sure they're still playing it. Like, it's probably playing right this second yeah. as we speak. Not the movie, um, just the trailer. <laughs> so that is Elvis and our thoughts on the movie. Um, our thoughts on Baz and everything like that. Um, Kenzie, since you're back this week, where can everyone find you online? You can find me at Ken's Venunu on absolutely everything because I secured it. Nice. Um, Nicole? I am on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Nicole Ackman16. And Jillian? I'm on Twitter as Jillian Chili, and I'm on TikTok at Offscreen with Jillian. Um, yeah. All right. You can find me on Twitter at tberry57. You can find me everywhere, Instagram, wherever else. Um, you can find the show at Oscar Central. Um, and you Oscars can always. Underscore Central. Yes. Because Oscars someone has Oscar Central. Um, and you can find us online at oscarcentral.com. Thank you for listening. And for this week, that's the show.